Keep it simple. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to The Whistler, the new referees podcast with everything discussed. My name is Mark Steer and I'm the referees manager of the Southern Sunday Football League. I've been in this role since 2016 and this will be my sixth season and its biggest one yet. With 12 divisions in the league, it's going to be a great season. Uh, evening everybody, Chris Murray, uh, Level 5 referee, um, been on the Southern Sunday for about five seasons now, uh, referee observer, and referee mentor, everything that you can do in refereeing. Is that me now? It is you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, sorry, just to excuse my voice, I'm a bit croaky. Um, my name is Lawrence Tors-Brown, uh, Level 3 referee, contrib referee and National League South assistant. Um, I also a referee observer as well. I'm Oliver Burko. I'm a level six referee, hoping to become level five at the end of the season. Um, I'm a Southern Sunday referee, uh, an Islington midweek league referee, uh, combined counties assistant and a Wimbledon and district football league referee as well. Well, we have got a very good mixture on this panel tonight. <laughs> we referee everywhere. I forgot so, um, to add. I forgot to add, Mark. I, I, I've been on the Southern Sunday for a few years as well. well I thought you was going to add that. <laughs> <laughs> how long? How long have I done, Mark? I think you've done five years, mate. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right then. Very you done more, you've done more than me, so it must be more than five. <laughs> probably about seven. He's getting old. Well, he, he don't look that old. He don't look loud. Right, so I'm going to ask uh, you a few questions, guys. So um, what do you think are the three most important factors of referee? Is that to me? Yep, you can okay. go first. Um, I think communication is probably one of the most important things. If you, don't, if, you, if you can't communicate with players, you'll never be able to explain yourself. And, and really and truly you have to be able to explain decisions. That's just part and parcel refereeing. So I think communication is one of the most important things. Um, I think the next one probably is getting the major decision, like the, the decision-making, like making sure you kind of referee what's expected, but also being able to sort of deliver um, what's expected. But as I just said, but making sure you get the key match decisions right. I mean, you could get the normal throw-ons that we get. We make loads of decisions per game, but the big, big decisions, which are maybe one, two or three a game, getting those spot on, those are the most important ones. And then finally, I think fitness. I think fitness is um, so important in refereeing. Um, um, the higher you go, the bigger the pitches become. Um, and then, you know, you, you're refereeing on, like, for example, Oliver saying he referees on the Combined County. Those pitches are big. Um, it's a big difference to, to grassroots. Um, and being able to get around the pitch and selling decisions and making sure you're not too far away really helps you um, and players and staff, managers, boardrooms, chairmen, secretaries, they all respect it. If they can see you're keeping up with play and you're working hard, 
they're going to question you less. What about you, Oliver? Uh, well, one of the most important things I, I would say is probably match control. Uh, I think, I think obviously the key decisions are important, but especially at lower levels, just grassroots football, being able to assert yourself and and maintain match control throughout is arguably equally important, or if not more important, I guess, at that level than the big decisions. Because one thing I've always remembered is you can, it doesn't matter if you're very wrong, but as long as you can sell it, then it, it look you look less bad. So I would say match control, which is, is a very important thing at all levels of refereeing. Um, the second thing I would probably say is positioning. I think refereeing is all about positioning. If you can get yourselves into the right position, uh, then you give yourself a much better chance of being able to make the correct decision. And that, I guess that goes hand in hand with match control. If you can get yourself in the correct position, you can, you're more likely to make the correct decisions and that's more likely to cement your match control. And so I think being able to adapt and get into the correct positions and sort of spot where play is likely to go is an important factor in refereeing. And then the final thing is something that Lawrence mentioned. I, th I think communication ab above all is, you know, it's good just being able to blow your whistle, but that won't get you anywhere. You can do all the blowing of the whistle you want, but if you can't communicate, then you're going to really struggle. And I, I guess communication skills and be being able to talk with players and explain and, you know, I guess, yeah, be able to conduct a conversation with a player uh, and a team or a captain, whatever the circumstances, an important thing to be able to do. Yeah, I think that's, it's, it's quite interesting. Both of you almost mentioned the same similarities. You know, Lawrence mentioned about uh, fitness. Then Oliver, you mentioned about positioning. You know, if your fitness isn't there, then you're not going to be in the right position. So it's quite interesting that both of you have almost linked in one um, sort of skill with another skill. So yeah, yeah. I know that looking at listening to both of your things with obviously Lawrence is where is the higher level and with that key match decision, you've got to get them right. You have to get them right because it's just going to make you look silly. Um, yeah. So, and Oliver, I agree with everything you say as well, because obviously you're moving up the ladder and you're learning from the likes of Lawrence, the likes of myself, the likes of uh, Chris, Graham, all of, all of the referees you see in the league, I take bits and pieces from what I see refereeing. I take advice from Lawrence because obviously he's gone that higher level. And when I watch him, it's like I'm watching him and I'm taking pieces from his game. No matter if I'm the ref set on the league, I st I'm still learning every day. So, it, yeah, the three, the three important factors, I think, there are spot on from both of you because you can't argue about it. Yeah, I agree, Mark. Yeah, right. Um, so we're going to move on to the next question now. Um, so how do you manage everything outside of refereeing? Um, so what I mean by that question is obviously your your work and your social life. And then obviously with your refereeing, how how do you sort of manage it to make sure that you are always, you know, ready for a game and stuff? Is, is that to me first or Tolliver? Uh, we'll we'll let you go first. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> let, we'll let you go first, Lawrence. Uh, okay um well normally <clears throat> excuse me normally what i do is um in the week i'll be preparing for it i'll be going to the gym um i'll be doing like quite high intensity run for 15 minutes um 
and I'll normally go three or four times a week, um, maybe even five, depending on how, how I feel. Sometimes when I go to the gym, I might just go for a run and then that's it. Like, I don't want to um, overdo myself, but I, I try and keep fit because obviously as a firefighter as well, it's important to sort of maintain standards and fitness. But um, preparing for it, um, I'll try and do homework on teams, um, whether that be even the Southern Sunday. Like sometimes I might look the night before or I might look on the Friday and say, okay, who are these two teams? Um, where are they in the league? Um, what's their recent results been like? Um, might get a feel like in terms of looking at their Twitter as well, see how things are. It's just, I think those are important parts of the game that you need to sort of research. And especially if you're trying to um, go up the ranks, it's important to start, sort of learn about those teams and maybe even their position and where they were the year before. So looking at the league from where they were last year, and then they might be doing really well this year. It might be vice versa. So, yeah, doing your homework on the teams, um, like I said, with the gym. Um, and then, obviously, what else do I do before a game? Um, try and eat right as well. So try and not go too heavy in the night before. Because um, sometimes I do Saturdays and Tuesdays. Um, so on a Monday night or a, or a Friday night, I might decide to just keep it quite light and not, not overfill myself. And then, like, in the morning... I might have like some eggs and like keep it healthy, like eggs on toast or um, yeah. So because you, when you're running around and doing 10 kilometers a game or maybe even a little bit more, maybe a bit less, depending, um, it's important not to feel too bloated. Like it's because it, it, you do run really hard and you're burning a lot of calories. So um, making sure my bag's packed as well. I, I literally like on the Saturday of the game, I literally go through my bag religiously. I'm like, have I got two pairs of socks? Have I got two pairs of shorts? Like just in case, like the referee, the, the assistant referee forgets something. Like, so I've got spare for them. Like it's just those things that like small things, like just, just getting yourself into the, the moment and like thinking, what do I need? And yeah. And they might even do um, what I bought recently is I actually bought <laughs> a little massage gun like for the legs so it's actually really nice really really um uh, it's really good on the legs because obviously working in the gym and at work sometimes you know your legs are under a lot of stress but doing that before a game just kind of relaxes it and um it's a lot cheaper than a physio so um yeah those are the things that i do yeah before we move on to uh oliver obviously um for people who don't know lawrence uh that well obviously you went from being a teacher to going a firefighter um has anything really changed in different things because obviously the different change of job and stuff yeah yeah yeah, definitely like I feel like when I was a teacher I probably I wanted to be fitter but I didn't think I had the time um whereas I feel like I've dedicated a lot more time to the fitness and um especially in the last like couple of months I've never I've been a firefighter for two years but in the last couple of months, really, I've been starting to focus more on my diet now because that's something I want to improve on. Um, so, yeah, like in teaching, it was like there, there might be some teachers listening and it was like impossible to like really maintain or or improve fitness because it was like you were snowed under. Whereas as a firefighter, you, you know, you get days off, um, you get days off between your nights um, and you get more time to sort of work on those things. So, um, yeah, I feel like that has improved me as a referee moving to become a firefighter as well. Well, I'll be honest with you, you do look a lot slimmer and trimmer and you do get around that pitch a lot better. Mm. Cheers, Mark. So, when you first was on the league, now you do, you look the part. Cheers, mate. You look the part. Getting there. Yeah, we, Oliver, um, same question to you. 
Um, so yeah, I kind of do similar uh, things to Lawrence. I always like to research the teams before I go into any game. I find that a, it helps me, I guess, have a bit of context going into the game and, you know, seeing where different teams are. And I guess it also just helped build me up for the match. And, you know, I, knowing the match circumstances, I find is always helpful. I, I guess the, the analogy I'd use is you want to go in, you wouldn't go into an exam unprepared for it uh, because that would just be silly. And I guess knowing the context surrounding the teams is quite similar to an exam. You, you want to go into the game feeling you know at least something about the teams and you know their form and the, the position in the league table and so on. Um, secondly, I guess uh, generally I, I try and keep up my fitness. So I, I like to go for runs. So I don't, I don't really don't really have too much time to go to the gym as such, but I like to try and uh, do sort of cardio things so to you know replicate refereeing. So I, I go running four or five times a week typically um and then i do hit training as well to try and replicate match scenarios um i've been doing that for 18 months now um so that's i find it's really beneficial um and it helped me pass the um development group fitness test as well which is testing similar kind of skills um and endurance so that was useful those are the main two things i do um yeah i'm not unlike lawrence i'm not a meticulous bag packer or anything like that because the levels I referee at, you don't, you don't need it, I guess, as much in your bag. Um, but yeah, those are the main two things. I, 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 Mark, I have a question for Chris. Go on. You can Chris, ask. when are you going to come and join me in the gym? <laughs> because we need to improve your fitness, mate. I know. I'm making me bad at my own podcast. Uh, you see what he's done? Made me turned up late to the podcast and then he wants to like slam me. <laughs> no, because. I want you to be better, man. I want you to be better. So I know, and I, know. I know you can do it. You got to come back to the gym. Yeah. There you go, Chris. There's the offer. Yeah, take him up on it. Right. Next question, guys. Right. How do you feel about the Simbins, and how do you like as a referee, or how do you deal with it when the Simbin issue comes up? Because in my I think I've only seen been two people since we've had Simbins and I try to manage on the pitch. Obviously, I've got a high tolerance level. Um, but what do you guys think? Oliver, I think I think you're probably best to answer that first because you probably do a lot more uh, work with Simbins more than I do. But yeah. Sure. Um, well, funny enough, I haven't actually handed out that many Simbins. I can probably count on one hand the number of times I've issued a Simbin. I guess... I wouldn't say, you know, I have a ridiculously high tolerance level or anything like that. And I don't profess to have a high tolerance level at all. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd say I'm fairly moderate. But I guess it just hasn't really come up. I think Simbins are obviously, I think they're a good idea for dissent. They can help referees manage a game. And, you know, they penalise the team uh, for a period of time, which obviously provides a great disincentive not to open your mouth too much um but in my experience i haven't used them that much um and if you know when i when i have used them i guess they've been clear and obvious cases of dissent so you know when somebody shouts something across the pitch so that everybody can hear it you know i, I wouldn't tolerate that but i guess if they're sort of more private and you know close quarter type things where play only a few players or maybe one or two have heard then i, tr I try and manage it 
I don't, you know, I don't like to hand out sim bins here, there and everywhere. It kind of, you know, it sort of distract, it disrupts the flow of the game and it, it reduces the teams to, it reduces the team by players. And I guess it, it just disrupts the game. And I think the thing with sim bins is they're good if, if they're absolutely sort of needed uh, as part of your match control. Um, but you know you don't want to become too reckless with them. I think they're a tool in your armory as a referee, and they're a good thing to have. Um, but you don't want to overuse them. And so I tend to use them if you know if they're necessary, and I feel it's needed for the my match control, and also taking into account the match circumstances, which I also think is quite important. If a match is quite heated, then it might be a good thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I would I've only used them you know three or four times before, um, but I've find they're a good thing on the whole. Yeah. Um, when, <clears throat> excuse me, when it came into play, I remember a lot of referees were quite against it. Um, and I, for one, was sceptical, but I was open to um, the old sim mids. And um, I do think it's been really good for the game. Uh, like Oliver saying, um, it doesn't have to be used every week. Teams now know that if they can't control themselves, that they're going to go, they're going to start as a disadvantage or they're going to go down a, a man and it's not going to be to their benefit. Um, and I think it's good that referees are able to sort of speak to players and um, manage things. You know, if, if a player's like starting to raise their sort of... Um, what's the word? Like if they're starting to become more rude or they're starting to show sort of dissent, um, you can bring a skipper in and you can remind the skipper as well with the player, um, you know, this this could be detrimental and I can't speak to him anymore because <clears throat> he reached my tolerance level. Maybe you can speak to him because the next people I hear out of him, he's going for 10 minutes. Um, and it does work. I have actually, actually used it a couple of times on Southern Sunday. Um, Sometimes, um, I haven't used it many times, but the times I have, um, I remember one or two players being a little bit like annoyed um, about it, but it was a case of I didn't really feel the need to manage that player because I was like, well, why have I got to manage him if, if he can't manage himself? And I was a little bit annoyed and, and he reached my threshold. Um, and actually... The team gone with it. He came on. He didn't really speak to me after the game. Um, he didn't really speak to me during the game. Um, He's probably annoyed at me. Um, And I didn't really expect him to give me a handshake after the game. But it kind of helped me to sort of just crack on with the game. So I do think it's beneficial. And I do think you can use it in your armory, like Oliver says. You don't have to use it every game. Um, But it's, it's a good tool. Um, And I like it. Do you think, this is all of us here, that it should be in the game from the top? Because the amount of dissent you see, now I've watched the games today, and uh, Bruno got cautioned for dissent. Now, if that was put in play in the Premier League, do you think that would be great? It would. It would help uh, grassroots referees a lot more if it was brought into play. But because of the level of football and the amount of money that's involved in that game, that's that part of the game, and. Um, um, it's, it's just like I don't think teams would want it but it's very hard to start from the bottom up I know a lot of people have said 
in the past it should start from the top down. I, I do understand that. But like I've said before, there's too much money involved. There's too much, there's, there's too much at stake. Um, and they wanted to trial it um, on the amateur levels. And I actually think it has worked on the amateur levels. And I think amateur players now know a Simbin's 10 minutes. Um, whereas when they first came in, maybe they were a bit confused about it. But yeah, I, 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 could, I could understand the argument for bringing it into the Premier League. I personally wouldn't want to see it in the Premier League, but I can understand referees that would want to see it in the Premier League. Like I, like I said before, with the money and everything. Would you want to see it at your level? Um... No, no. I, 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 I feel like at that level, um, I feel like if you can't sort of speak to a player or, or manage them or show a yellow card, then I don't know. Should you be at the level? Um, you know, we've got, when, once you hit that certain level um, as a level three, I think you have skills um, and you need to use those skills. And if you, if you're not using those skills, then what did you learn from level four? You know, so um, personally, I wouldn't want to see it at my level, but I know quite a few referees would. Nice. Um, so we're going to move on to the next question now. So how did you uh, get into refereeing and how, how do you think it's going so far? Um, I got into refereeing actually quite a long time ago when I was at school when I was about I was about 18 17 18 when I was at uh, sixth form and um, one of my teachers was like oh you should join the course blah 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 and I did and I quite enjoyed it but then I stopped for like quite a few years I stopped for like um, maybe six seven eight years and then I and then I decided to join back as like a 24 25 year old and I was like oh I want to um, I want to do that again, but then I had to realise I had to take the course again and sign up as a uh, and do it all properly one more time. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do it properly and I'm going to take it seriously this time. Um, so I restarted back in like November, September 2014 because um, I remember that because I was on the course with you, Chris. Um, yeah, he was at, at your school, um, and and I, yeah, it's, it's it's been brilliant. Um, I've gone through the ranks um, to a certain point. Um, I feel like I'm at a point now where I'm established myself as a as a um, country referee. I'm starting to get a lot better games. Like instead of getting step four games like Ishmael and South, Ishmael North, um, I'm now starting to get Ishmael Prem games. Like you know, on on my when my games come through each month, it's a lot more Prem games. So teams know me, teams are marking me well. Um, my observer marks have gone quite well um, recently. Um, it all changes all the time. Uh, it's really tight. Um, I'm not sure if I've reached my level yet um i do enjoy the level that i'm doing um i have ambitions to go higher but um time will tell whether i'm ready for that level or not um i do see some referees at 2b and i think i'm not that far off um what those 2b's are like um but sometimes it's just a case of luck there's a lot of luck involved as well so one day, hopefully, I'll be very lucky and get to that next level. But if not, I am still really enjoying what I'm doing. Um, and, um, yeah, just I, I, I love it. I love it each weekend going out there and, and doing doing those games. It's great fun. So if you was to progress, what level would you want to... What what pathway would you want to do is if, if you was to manage to do National League and go further up um, the EFL and the Prem? Would you go on the path of being an assistant ref or the main referee in the middle? 
Noah, it's a really good question because um, my coach um, actually asked me this question like maybe two weeks ago. Um, and he's never seen me on the line, um, but he's seen me as a referee. And he said, what would he said? He asked that exact question. And I said to him, like, I really enjoy being on the line. And because when you're on the line, you get to do high levels of football, like, and there is more room for progression. Like a lot of people can get promoted on the line and um, it's easy, not easier, but you know, there's more room to move up quicker. Um, but with refereeing um, and the line, I just feel like when I go out there, I feel like I, I absolutely love being in the middle but I do enjoy being on the line and that just tells me like where I want to go. So it just tells me like, if you love being in the middle, like you've got to maintain that. Um, and if I did get promoted, I would get promoted to um, 2B, um, which is um, the National League South referee. And then you've got 2B and then you've got 2A. So then that's the National League. So when you're doing National League, you're then doing, you're refereeing up and down the country. Um, instead of just doing the South of England, you could be going up North, right down to the coast in Dover or, or into Truro or wherever. So, you, yeah, you can get sent anywhere once you're a National League referee. Um, but I'll try and do a Sunday game for you every now and then, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try right, and you, you are good to me, Lawrence. Well, because I always feel it's important when referees get promoted, I feel like yeah, it's so important to remember where you started, where you came from, who gave you the opportunities. And I feel like I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for your Sunday league and for yourself, mate. So um, it's always trying good to give back at times. Um, and I hope referees that do get promoted and go higher, remember that as well and, and still give back to the Sundays. That's great to hear. I mean, we love you on our league, so you're more than welcome to do four games a month. I'm happy for you to do that. <laughs> Oliver, same question to you. So I got into refereeing uh, really sort of of my own volition. I sort of thought, probably first thought about the idea of refereeing when I, I was 11. I, I thought to myself, wow, I'm, I'm not really a great footballer. Uh, and I thought, you know, I was a goalkeeper and I played a as um, a reserve because there was a keeper there before me uh, for one of the youth teams I played for. And so I didn't really get any games. And so when I turned four, and so I had this idea that I wanted to, you know, try out refereeing and give it a go. And I, I kept that idea up until I was 14. And as soon as I turned 14, I, I did the, uh, the course and passed the, the laws of the game test and so on. And so I qualified and did my, did my games. Um, and I've never really looked back. Um, I really enjoy refereeing. I, I think it's going well so far. Um, you know, I've been doing, coming coming up to two seasons in adult football now and they've been great I mean obviously they've been disrupted uh, by COVID and so on but the games I have had have been really great games and I've learned a lot from them you know there have been some easy games but there have been some more challenging games and, and obviously the more challenging games I've, I've learned a lot from and I've received some great advice along the way I mean one thing I always remember is you you get bad advice and you get good advice and it's you know it's just a question of you know getting rid of the bad advice and taking on board the overwhelmingly good advice you get and so yeah my my first season in adult football went went well although it was a bit disrupted and then last season I, I managed to get my level six which I was pleased about 
Um, and this season I'm going for my level five, which fingers crossed I'll uh, do well on. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm looking to try and, you know, progress as far up as I can and, uh, you know, get to where Lawrence is someday, hopefully, you know, whether I'm, you know, be able to do that, we don't know, but I'd like to try and progress as far up as I can. Um, and yeah, so now I feel my refereeing journey is, whilst it's in its infancy, is, you know, has begun well, and I like to continue. We've worked together, we've worked together, haven't we, Oliver, in a couple of games as well? Yeah, I was on your line last season for, I think it was the the Frank Blundstone Cup on at Fish Ponds um, playing fields last season. And uh, yeah, and I said I said to you then, um, when you're on the line to someone, whether it be on the combine counties, myself or whoever, um, it's always good to try and pick up um, good habits or bad habits. So you might have seen something bad that I've done, or you might have seen something good that I've done, and you try and remember that and take that into your next game because. Um, Sometimes the big learning curves are the one where you actually learn from you seeing a referee maybe have a really poor howler or mistake or a game and you think, actually, I'm going to try and not do that because that would destroy me. Um, and then you might see something good that someone's done and you might go, do you know what, I need to adapt that into my game. So always learn, always keep learning as much as possible, mate, because um, uh, when you stop learning, then you'll stop enjoying it. Definitely, yeah, definitely. I always try and learn from my games. As I said, I mean, I've been, I've, I started refereeing in 1993 and um, we've obviously, I was doing too much like having to work, um, do more overtime, go football with Chelsea, home and away. I just didn't have enough time. So I, I quit after seven seasons refereeing and I came back in 2011. I went up obviously to level six, but I'm happy with what I'm doing because I'm, I'm so involved with doing, being the ref set on the league. I'm happy to just do Sunday games. I'll do the odd Saturday here and there if they're struggling on one of the other leagues and that, but I'm just happy in doing what I'm doing. Um, and it's nice to see uh, you all, all three of you on here uh, on the podcast. Uh, you want to go further in yourself and you want to better yourself. And it's great to see that I've, I've watched you really all three grow into good referees moving up the league. Yeah, it's probably uh, terrible. It's still terrible. But it's all three. All three. Are you sure? Not me. I'm not including myself. <laughs> but it's nice to watch you. Like it's nice to watch you like grow and mature and become like the what you're doing. And it's and I'm thinking yes, like you've learned and you all three take advice. Oh, all three of you, including myself, we take advice from every referee. Whether you, as what you said, Lawrence, whether it's good good advice or bad advice, you get rid of the bad advice. Don't listen to the bad advice. Just go with the good advice. We are, we all do make mistakes. We all we all have to hold our hands up when we make a mistake now and again. And that's part of the learning curve. Right, I've got another question here as well. Could you give me an, an example in your time in refereeing that you had a low moment? Did you get any support from it? That's for you, Lawrence. You know what, yeah? I remember... Um, I was about to swear... <laughs> I remember having a really low moment one time. Um, I believe I was like Oliver's level. I might have been like level six at the time. And I'd just come off doing a, um, a Saturday game. It was um, Kingston and District League all those years ago. And 
I remember being absolutely like blasted by both teams, absolutely blasted. And I was just like, what? And I, I, I come off the pitch. I remember like throwing my flags on the ground. I was like, why am I doing this? And I was like, and then I sat there for a minute and I was just like, this isn't like this every week. I was like, I need to calm myself down. I need to get in my car, just relax. Um, and just count to 100 because 10 weren't going to be enough. And just, and just think to myself, like, remember all the good points. Remember all the, like, the, the, the reasons why you love refereeing. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a low point. I, I, it was, I, I don't... I mean, I must have done something wrong for both teams to absolutely, like, destroy me. Um, and then, did I get any support? Um, in terms of refereeing, no, I didn't, actually. No. Um, I could have. I could have called up. I could have called up people that... Um, I knew at high levels and I could have like seeked advice from London FA and everything else. But I, I knew in my head, like I was strong enough to sort of be more resilient and look at myself and sort of analyse why did this go so badly? And then caught, kind of like wrote down things about it and um, had a good thing that, that night. Um, I probably should have done it the next day, but I was just like, no, I need to get down to the bottom of this. I remember it so clearly. I remember... Um, it was somewhere in Easter as well. I'm sure it's somewhere near there. And I was just like, wow. Um, but yeah, no, I, I could I could have seeked advice. I won't say there was no support there because there probably was, but I didn't feel like I wanted to like voice it. Um, probably because I just felt like it's one bad game, move on. Um, and, and it might not be like that for every referee, you know, and there's no harm and there's, and there's no harm in seeking advice and, and speaking to people because um, obviously, again, you're not going to learn. And also, people might have similar experiences so you're not alone um so yeah that, that, that's a good question actually thanks mark i haven't thought about that in about seven eight years <laughs> what about you oliver um yeah the first real mo low moment i guess i had i've had in refereeing was a game i did i think it was either last season or the, the very end of the season before last season um, it was a game at Clapham Common. I think you were there, Mark. I was there, yes. <laughs> and um, there's a game between Junction Elite, one of their teams. They've got so many nowadays, it's hard to keep track. Uh, and an, another team who I've completely forgotten the name of. Um, and I, I don't remember all the specifics, but I remember feeling really down both at half-time and at full-time um, because I, one of the key, key things I do remember is that Junction Elite players in particular, we, you know, they were... They were moaning and groaning because they thought I'd missed uh, a red card challenge. Now, I, I can't remember the exact specifics, but, you know, um, I didn't at the time didn't think it was. And, you know, they, they got really quite, you know, infuriated about it and, you know, went, oh, you know, this ref and that. And anyway, uh, both at half time and at full time, I, I felt really down. Um, and I thought, you know, this this is I found this really tough. Um, and, you know, I guess it was a wake up call because I was fairly new to doing adult football at that time. Time, And I guess it was just, you know, it woke me up to the fact that it's, it's definitely a, quite a big jump going into that, that level of football. Um, and yeah, no, I found it tough whether I got the decision right or wrong. I can't remember, but um, it was definitely a tough moment. I remember that the manager threw the trophy down. Um, Correct. Um, yes. I remember. I remember your dad being there as well. Um, and after the game, obviously, you come over and that, and I said to you, "Like, I'm here if you need support." Um, yeah. And obviously, I don't think I've given you Junction Elite since, but do you know what? 
you'll get them this season because you're a much more equipped referee now. You know what you're doing. Obviously, it's a learning curve, and you will get you will get to have to referee them again. Definitely. Yeah, no, certain certain teams that how can I put it? Um, some some teams like to push the referee push the referee's buttons, and obviously. You've got to be in there first thing. You say to the captains at the first part of the game, you say to them, right, I'm here to deal with the game. Yeah, what I obviously say is goes. And if you're going to overstep that mark, I've got the equipment on me to deal with it. And then more often than not, most captains will reel their players in. You do get one or two idiots that are on the pitch. Yeah, that's football. That That's yeah. Sunday league football. But no, I'd like to think that... Um, You've you've come you've you've come a long way since uh, obviously that that incident and uh, I love my hands. Up. I thought you, I thought you'd done really well in that game. So yeah, I was going to add that you you provided great great support at the end. I remember you know what support is something you always greatly appreciate as a referee, especially when you're sort of you know down in the dumps. And I remember half time and full time. You know it was kind of fortunate you were there that day because I if I remember rightly your game had been cancelled. Uh, right. so you weren't you weren't there. <laughs> You weren't there, I guess, out of for first choice, but it was very fortunate you were there and, you know, you're able to provide great support and reassurance, which when you're starting out is extremely important. It's still important now for, you know, especially for any, I guess, for any referee, if they're, if they're really struggling, it doesn't matter, you know, what level you are, I would guess. I mean, it, a referee struggling can always benefit from having support and, you know, you're providing that as, you know, helped me, I think, develop and, you know, recognise where, I, how I could have dealt with the game better and the situation and improve on, on it going forward. Because, you know, the tough games are the ones that you ultimately learn from. And if you have a set of easy games, then it might boost your confidence, but it doesn't fundamentally improve you to the same extent that having a bad game will in the, in the long term. Yeah, I think what's really important to understand is, um, you know, nobody's perfect in refereeing, and um, you're all, every referee in the season or uh, maybe whenever you're going to have a bad moment or you're going to have a, you know, might make a bad decision or you might have had a bad week at work and then it, it reflects in your refereeing. Um, you may feel alone, but I think whether you're in this league or in any other league, um, there's always going to be support wherever you go, whether it's a higher colleague or whether it's, you know, um, the, the county or whatever, there's always going to be support there. Um, you pick up a phone, you do an email, you send a text message, whatever you need to do, um, there is support there. Um, so moving on to the next question. Oh, sorry, sorry, Chris. Sorry, Chris. I was about to say as well, Mark, it's good that um, he's kind of protected Oliver with um, uh, not doing like Junction Elite for a bit because, you know, um, but it's also I'm also really glad to hear that you're actually going to put him back on Junction Elite because that is also important in refereeing because as referees, you can't pick and choose who you get. And as Oliver knows, when Oliver goes through that system, he might have Guildford or, I don't know, another team, Staines, one game, and then next month he's at Staines again and he might have had a shocker in that first game or he might have given a decision against them that they didn't like, that he was correcting, and he's got to go back there again. So that's so important that you have given it, you are going to give him Junction Elite because... Um, or any team, not just Junction League, just in general. And I, and I think that's good that you have protected him and that's what a good ref sack does. 
So well done, Mark. Thank you, mate. That's appreciated. <laughs> Um, so the next question we have for you is what changes within refereeing would you like to see? Um, I think I've seen them. Um, <laughs> moving away from suits, um, I'm re- you know, Chris, as well. Um, I think like, um, Oliver, will you bring your thumbs up for? You're new to this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say exactly that. I was going to say I, I love the move to tracksuits going on combined county Saturdays. I, I love oh. I don't know about your tracksuit. I don't know about your tracksuit yesterday. You might need to get a new one. Uh, no, no, I've got, I've got a, a couple on, on being ordered. But no, I definitely prefer tracksuits to the suits. Yeah, it's just like it's, it's more friendly. Like it's just, it's just more helpful. Like um, I remember like going to games, like wearing a suit, and then like it kind of sets you apart from the players. So it's also kind of. It, it like puts like a block in place before you've even like started a game um, where they're thinking, well, they think they're better than us. Well, even though they know that officials have to turn up in suits and then like going into the boardroom and whatnot. But now it's just like, I mean, I was doing that for you and like after a game, like showering, like you're all still like hot from the shower and then getting into the suit was just like, oh God. And then, you know, having to do the niceties in the boardroom. But now it's just like, as long as you're wearing like a professional tracksuit, like what, for example, like here, like a polo t-shirt and smart trousers and whatever, that you look you look the part as a referee. Um, so one of those changes about the suits um, at high levels, I think is spot on. Uh, in terms of grassroots, um, I, I think like the Simbin thing has been brilliant, um, but like, I don't know what other changes I would like to see because I feel like, it's a simple game and it's just done on a simple measure. So like, it's, I'm happy with how things are personally me. Anything to add Oliver or? Not much. I, I, I was, yeah, I agree completely on the suits point as I'm not nowhere near as far up as Lawrence. So I, I haven't had nearly as much experience of, of wearing suits, but when I used to referee at, Arsenal's academy the referees director always made us turn up in suits and I, I could see some merit in turning up in suits but I always hated it uh, oh. and I'm glad that Covid has forced the change to tracksuit something that I hope will continue to sort of, the legacy of which will hopefully continue to live on and yeah in terms of changes in within grassroots I, I don't really think anything needs changing uh, I've loved the introduction of sim bins uh, because even though I haven't used it much, it's great to have it as a tool and something in your in your toolbox. Um, and yeah, I, I think you know grassroots football works fairly well as it is. Mm. Well, I've got a question here, and Lawrence touched on it a little bit earlier. Do you have a superstition or match day ritual that you do before games? Oliver, you can go first on that. <laughs> No, <laughs> uh, not what I can think of. I, I might do something unconsciously, but I don't tend to have any sort of superstition that I can think of. No, uh, might be best to go to, to, to Lawrence to see if I can come up with something because I don't think so. But looks as though he has something. So I pack my bag like always. On the, I never do it the night before. I always do it on the morning. And I normally do it during soccer AM or I do it when I'm watching some football on the Saturday morning. Like I just have to do that. And then um, 
when I go to the game, driving, always making sure I always always buy like this, like a sugar free Red Bull. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I always buy a sugar free Red Bull. I used to get sweets a lot for the assistants, but now I'm like trying to be better. Um, so I don't do that as much anymore. So the assistants can suffer with me. Um, but yeah, just like things like double checking, like have two of everything like in my bag. I'm, it's just it's just a weird thing that I used to, I, I, I do a lot. Um, yeah, that, those are probably the only thing. And then like, we've anything else superstitious, I normally, um, I would say that's probably it. Like the rest is probably um, just normal things that we do in every game anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's one thing for me, but what I like to do before the game, I'm like Lawrence, I would pack my kit on the day on the day game so that it's it's not having to unpack it all the night uh, from the night before. I think one thing that I like to do is I like to iron my kit um, to make sure it looks all like smart and neat. But it's quite nice because obviously it's, it sounds a bit weird, but when you're ironing your kit, even if there's music or anything in the background, you're literally ironing it, making sure, okay, the shorts look nice, the top looks nice, it looks all nice, but there's kind of that, even that thought press to go, where am I going today? What am I doing? Am I an assistant? Am I the referee? And it's kind of that, giving you that five, ten minutes, just kind of almost have that mellow moment, just ironing. I think my, my superstition is I always get to the ground an hour before kickoff. I feel that if I get there a little bit later, oh, I'm going to have a little bit of a bad game today because I'm not there an hour before kickoff. But I always get there an hour before kickoff. Always. And I've always done that. Where Whatever game that I've, that I've done, even if I get there earlier than an hour before, I always try to get there an hour before kickoff. So no matter if it's a Sunday game, Saturday game, I always try and get there dead, like dead on for an hour before kickoff so that they, they know that I'm there and... I want to be there an hour before kickoff, so I go through all my pre-match day things before, like the checking of next post and things like that. So make sure that it's done. But I can't really say I've really got really a superstition. Mm. Um, so fi- final final question of uh, of the of the podcast uh, for this for this month. Um, so what has been the highlight of your refereeing career so far? So that could include. Where you've refereed, what ground, what team, what's been your highlight? Lawrence. Um, yeah, and I was just thinking, um, I mean, what, 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 one of the, I've got a few. I'd say one of the biggest highlights was obviously getting promoted to level three. Like I felt like I put in a lot of hard work and got there. Um, but in that year that I got promoted to level three, I remember. Um, getting appointed to a playoff game in the Ishmael League um, as an assistant, um, and I was um, and I worked with a referee a lot, a guy called George Warren, who's also level three, who is a fantastic referee. He is one of the best. He should be. He used to be a football league line, but he's now like a level three because he wanted to go up the levels as a ref. And um, when I watch two Bs and two As, I think George is at that level. Like he is top and we got appointed together and he was the referee on that night and I never like one of the moments where I just felt so proud to like be alongside him it was um the playoff semi-final we were at Hastings I was going through my firefight training and um I left literally like ran out the door like um um it was about 3 45 4 o'clock like I got a little earlier little earlier jump and and got down all the way to Hastings like two and a half hours it was a long trip 
Um, around the M25, I was at Park Royal, around the M25, then down. It was like a horrible, horrible trip, but got there at 6.30. When we turned up, done the game, it was like an incredible game. Like went to extra time, um, 3-2, um, and it was like 1,500 in the, in the ground. And at that time, that was like one of the biggest crowds I'd done. Um, it was just the atmosphere was just like incredible. And then like since then, I've done like National League South games or National League games and been involved with like two, three, four thousand people. And it's been great. But um, just remember that night was like one of those like spine tingling nights where I was like, wow, like this is I've been working so hard to get here. And um, now I'm here. And um, yeah, that was a proud moment for me. And like I said, like getting promoted to level three and also now taking charge of the games that like George Warren does. Because I always aspired, like when I used to work with George, I was be like, I want to be as good as him. And now I feel like I'm getting the games that he's getting. And now I'm proud of myself. Like this year in particular, like I just feel proud to like referee like Ishmael and Prem games. And, um, you know, it could be refereeing one game in front of like two, 300 people and the next game in front of 800 people. So just taking charge of the event. Like it's just, I'm just proud of myself, like at the moment. That's doing my chains though. Especially tomorrow. That might change after I, I, I do a clangor or something. What's the What's the best ground you've been to, like in like inside an, an actual stadium? Because I, there's one that rolls off my tongue, is probably MK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that was incredible. Um, I got appointed to MK Don's 23s game, um, and that was a long drive. There was um, it was a long drive, and, and they were playing. I think it was South End something, and it was a great game. It was, but it was it was an empty stadium. It was. It was it, because fans weren't allowed in at the time. And even like the other day, I did a, a fourth of, I was a fourth official at the London Stadium for West Ham 23s against Arsenal 23s. And um, there was about seven, 800 people there, but um, it was a beautiful stadium. And it was nice to see what it's like to be actually like in the Premier League grounds and see like the referees changing rooms and how they operate. And I've, I've been to a few Premier League grounds now as a referee, but. Um, I don't like to sort of um, do too much, like take too many pictures or anything, because it's just like I'm I'm there, but I'm not quite there. If you know what I mean, I'm just as yeah. a fourth official. Like once I start refereeing there, then it feels more real. So um, my time will come when it comes. So yeah, I've been to a few prem crowds. London Stadium was beautiful. MK was absolutely stunning as well. I was really impressed with MK Dons. Yeah. What about you, Oliver? Um. What have been the highlights? Well, I guess getting promoted to level six was, you know, a good thing. It's obviously, it's not compared to Lawrence's milestones, it's nowhere near as large. But for me, but yeah, being promoted to level six was um, a good achievement. Um, what else? I guess, um, well, the Southern Sunday Cup final, uh, I that is a big achievement for me. You know, I, I was very pleased to be able to be a part of a cup final and, and play play a role in, in that. And I really enjoyed the experience and working with you, Mark and Graham, um, two of the most experienced officials. So, uh, you know, that was a great experience and hopefully I'll be able to have more and more experiences like that in the future. Um, so, yeah, probably being promoted to level six and then this season's cup final probably being the two sort of heights. Oh, and also being, uh, getting a place in the London FA development group. Thought that was good as well. I managed to pass the fitness test, pass the laws of the game and demonstrate 
um, sort of a willingness to be a part of that. So I feel that was um, a good thing as well to be able to say that I have achieved and been accepted onto. So yeah, those three things probably. What about you, Chris? What's, your, what's been your like best ground that you've refereed on at all? Um, I think it was just uh, pre-pandemic, um, like about two and a half weeks before lockdown. Um, there's a team in the combined county called Jersey Bulls. Um, and I, I got the opportunity to fly out to Jersey, um, do a game there. And I was quite lucky because I was on the game that was an overnight stay. So I managed to go to, you know, be at, be in Jersey, do go in a stadium. I think there's about probably about 800 people there. And I feel like with a crowd as well, you feel a bit more, like a little bit more pressure because they're all watching you, they're all watching your decisions. And I think the more crowd there is, the more kind of expectation or kind of the thing like that it was really good. Um, the club paid for our flyer, hotel, um, food in the morning, and everything like that. And it, was, it was probably a really, really good experience, you know, going out um, and the, the referee had a really good game and, you know, the, both clubs were happy and it's, it was quite a good experience. What about you, Just, Mark? I was mine, say- mine, I mean, obviously being doing the ref set, when I, when I, when I, I, I tell you what I do like, I've refereed obviously on Sutton's pitch a couple of times and we've obviously had a uh, cup finals there. Um, I was, I'd done the fourth official in one of the finals this year because I mean, it was unlucky that one of the referees tested positive for COVID. I mean, the atmosphere at uh, our finals are good, especially when you get the crowd in. Um, yeah, I would say I like watching you guys, to be fair, and like seeing you lot progress. That, that's, uh, that's, that's what gives me like satisfaction. Um, but I'd say probably Sutton United refereeing on that 3G pitch. That is that that is really heavy on your legs as well. By the end of the game, it's like you are absolutely knackered. You running around that pitch, you are tired. Can I add something, Mark? Yep. No, I was going to say I forgot to mention. I, I don't know how I forgot, but one of the highlights is, for me has also been I was able to referee on, on the the Sutton's old pitch as well. Uh, so Martin on the combined counties gave me uh, an under eighteen young minds cup game there towards the back end of last season. Um, which was one of the cups they introduced after the cancellation of the under-18 league season. And anyway, I was given the opportunity with him and another assistant to referee on the uh, the pitch. And I, I thought that was great experience. You know, I'd, I've lined ooh, five or six timed on, on the old pitch, but to be able to referee on it was also a great experience. Yeah. But I just like seeing you guys, like the way you guys have progressed and you, you get your finals and that. And it makes me, it makes me happy because it, 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 that's the job that I do, the referee secretary role. I don't expect nothing from it. I just do it because I enjoy doing it. So, yeah. Also, I was going to add, I was going to add something as well. Like, Ollie, when, when you, um, Oliver, sorry, and when you talk about, um, try and never uh, compare like milestones to myself because. I wish I'd started at your age properly. Um, and you, you, you've only just started and, and you know, you, I, I'm an old man. So I, I, I'm 32. So I, I, sh- I should be at the level that I'm at and, and all those things. Like you've done so well to get where you are and yourself, Chris, and you're, you're both young guys. So it's good to strive. Like, like I said, I strive towards like George Warren and whatever else, but 
like it's good that you're saying not my milestones over but you've got your own and, and listening to your your achievements they're fantastic and you should be proud um and just keep striving keep aiming like never stop striving to get to the next level or, or being a better referee because when you stop doing that then it, there's no point um and it's good to see that you're doing that so well done yeah well, i agree with that that's where wise words from the old man <laughs> Um, so that's all the questions uh, we have this evening. Um, just like to say thank you to both of you for joining us uh, this evening to our first ever podcast called The Whistler. Um, and anybody who has listened to it um, when it when it does come out, uh, thank you for spending your time listening to it as well. Um, and I appreciate um, everybody who has listened to it. Um, and we will be back next month. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.